You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hi, welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Jamie Loftus. My name is Caitlin Durante. And this, as always, is our podcast about the portrayal of women in movies. Usually... Not that good. Not that good. Not that good. How many episodes have we done of this? 500,000? <laughs> um, and women have been portrayed well in four of them. I think conservatively, we're pretty, like, pretty oh, much. four. We're like, oh, uh, that one was pretty good. And then some people, it's like, you know, somewhere over 50% good, but then you're like, but still a failing score. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, we use the Bechdel test or, yes. okay, here's what I'm going to try to do. Because of today's movie, um, Bechdel basketball can we combine the two a basketball basketball or bechdel ball test i mean we could thoughts no <laughs> okay i like love and basketball yeah that's yeah. so that's today's movie uh we use the bechdel test though to uh initiate a larger conversation about the representation of women in film and the bechdel test of course is a media metric created by cartoonist Alison bechdel mm-hmm. uh sometimes called the bechdel wallace test and it requires that two female identifying characters who have names mm-hmm. must speak to each other about something other than a man for at least two lines of dialogue that's our metric Right. It, theoretically, they could talk about love or basketball, and it could pass the Bechdel test. That's true, but it depends. The the Be- Bechdel ball <laughs> test, Bechdel. though, you're really that doubling requires down <laughs> fine. I'm going to figure this out by the end of the episode. Okay, I trust you. Thank you so much. So we are talking about love and basketball. We have yes. a guest, uh, yes. of course. She is a hilarious comedian, and we love her dearly. It's Zainab Johnson. Hi. Hello. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for uh, coming out. So what's your, your history, your relationship with love and basketball? I love the movie Love and Basketball. Do you basketball the movie Love and Basketball? I don't basketball the movie <laughs> Love and Basketball, but I used to play basketball. Okay. Oh, cool. I used to play basketball in junior high school and high school and a little bit of college. And I saw Love and Basketball when I was in high school. 
maybe the WNBA had just love and basketball came out maybe the first year the WNBA prepared not long like after or, or that, two yeah. yeah like very close right uh, yeah so very close so, love and basketball came out in 2000 the WNBA I think was established in 96 but oh, okay but the, I guess that I was just like reading in the background I guess the first draft of the movie was written before the WNBA existed so they like changed wow. the ending to include anyways yeah. yeah very soon after yeah yeah well, you know, it felt like a movie at the time when I saw it, it felt like a movie that was being made for me. Mm -hmm. I'd mm -hmm. seen a lot of movies like as a teenager. And then when I saw that movie, I just felt like, oh, somebody wrote a movie for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and that's why I liked it. Uh -huh. Yeah. I felt that way about like Bend It Like Beckham because I was a soccer player. OK. Nice. And I well, I didn't have the same exact experience as mm -hmm. the protagonist of that movie. I was like, oh, a soccer movie starring women. Yay. Yeah. I felt yeah. that way about Black Swan. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your history with this movie, Caitlin? I had honestly never seen it uh, really? until we prepped. Yeah. yeah, I somehow, I, I missed it, and I'm sorry, everybody, but uh, I have seen it three times now uh -huh. since uh, I found out we were going to do this episode, <laughs> and I rather enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, it is one of the best movie soundtracks yes. ever in life, and one it's... of the best songs that plays in the movie is not on the soundtrack. And I hate when they do that. Uh, it's oh, like wait, it's which one of those Maxwell songs. It's oh. that Maxwell song. It's a, there's like two big songs in the movie where it's when he, be, you know, he's like she's like I'll play you for your heart, uh -huh. which uh, oh, come on, man. come on. <laughs> it was like we watched it together yesterday. I was fully crying. It's yeah. just so beautiful. It is it so just much. so. It's such. It for me, it's like I was in a relationship while I was playing basketball, mm -hmm. and it felt like a lot of times the two were intertwined. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so when I watch that movie, I just feel like. I just feel like it's such a good representation, I think, of what a lot of female athletes go through. Yeah. I also, I feel like I wasn't seeing a lot of coming-of-age stories that were all black cast mm -hmm. and, like, really good representation. And I feel like loving, I'm about to say loving hip-hop. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, loving basketball. I feel like it gave me that too. I feel like it yeah. gave me representation in so many different ways. For and sure. I was very appreciative for that. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but so few mainstream coming of age stories focus on people of color, yeah. black girls, black people at all. Uh, it's mostly white people. Yeah. And this movie does like triple duty where it's like, it's a female story. It's a black story. And it's like an athletic mm -hmm. story that isn't just focused on it. Like, yeah, it just, this movie has, <laughs> Everything. Has it all. This is a big sleepover movie for me. I okay. feel like this would be in the regular. I don't know when I would have first seen it, but I know that it was like I played basketball when I was younger, like through seventh grade and then stopped. But it was mostly just because I was tall and around. Um, <laughs> and then the second that they're like, it also requires skill. I was like, I should probably just bow out. Um, but I really like like I, I just this would I feel like, you know. At a sleepover, you do like a double feature mm -hmm. with your friends. This would like often be in the rotation. And so all the, even the moments that are like maybe a little bit corny, it is still like, I'll, I'll play you for your heart. Like that's, <laughs> I love it so much. It like, yeah, I don't know. This movie still like gets me all worked up. Mm -hmm. I love that 
I feel like this is like a very specific like flashpoint of like what my end to this movie was. But I, when I first saw it, The Proud Family must have been on the Disney Channel. Did either of you ever watch The Proud Family? No. Not really, but I know it, star- it starred Kyla Pratt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, that's Penny Proud in the mm-hmm. movie. And so I was like, yeah, I'll watch this whole movie. All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it. I, I I have a lot of love for it. Great. I yeah. think that movie introduced Kyla Pratt. Was this like her first? I believe like, it big? was her first big. Because I just didn't know what she looked like. Yeah. She just sounded. I just knew her voice from a cartoon. Yeah. And then I was like, no, that's Penny Proud. I was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> She's so good in it too. Every like all the performances in this movie are so. I great heard this too. interview re- very recently that Sinai Lathan, who starred as Monica in the yeah. movie, mm-hmm. um, she said that she wasn't the chosen actress yes. for the film. Mm-hmm. Like whoever they wanted, they couldn't get. Yeah, I did uh, a little bit of research. There's a pretty good like oral history that was written about Love and Basketball. I think on its like 15th anniversary a couple years ago, and yeah, it sounds like. Sanaa and the director Gina Prince Bythewood uh, had a really like contentious onset relationship mm-hmm. because Sanaa didn't know if she was cast for months and months and it was like this weird like her life was on hold she was waiting to find out it sounded like Gina was trying to Gina was like trying to cast Serena Williams and was trying to like cast an athlete and teaching them how to act instead of teaching an actor how to play right and I think that there was some production like no you should teach an actor how to play because in, and you should definitely teach an actor how to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's. I feel like it rarely works out when you te- try to teach an athlete how to act, so, with exceptions. But especially if you're going to get an athlete that's not even the same sport, that doesn't make sense. Like right. this isn't a tennis movie. No shade to Serena, but right. I got to like, teach you two things. She would need. Yeah, why not just teach training. the actor one thing? Yeah. So it sounded. Yeah, it, it sounded like she had, uh, or Sana had, like was like given a lot to push up against during yeah the she kind of felt yeah. rejected yeah and i think it's very hard are any of us actors i'm an actor not professionally or a performer <laughs> I am. Well, the, we well, the reason, the reason yeah. why i ask is because if you are you know how it feels when when you feel like you're wanted as a as an artist period mm-hmm. you know how it forget it as a person <laughs> you know how it feels to be in a space and feel like you're wanted to be there mm-hmm. versus being in a space where you feel like you're not wanted and then having to be spectacular when you feel unwanted right you know yeah. and I imagine that that's very difficult but I would have never known watching right with the performance she turns in is so incredible and yeah. like so uh I but mean, her and Omar Epps were really dating I know Woo. I <laughs> I was telling Caitlin before, because I hadn't rewatched it in like a couple of years, but I was like, yeah, that that like virginity scene with them is like, I have like such a specific memory of seeing it because I think at whatever time I saw it when I was like eight or nine, it was like the hottest thing I'd ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I was like, wait, is that scene like really hot? And Caitlin was like, I don't know. I mean, it's a sex scene. And then, but I don't know, in my head, it was like the most... I mean, yeah, uh, when you see it as a in your scene, in your formative years. That scene is Yeah, great. I think I don't know if I think it's hot now, but no. I definitely I mean, I was a teenager when I saw it and I felt like it was hot. It was one of the hotter things that I had yeah. ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Up until that point. But also I felt like there was so much like vulnerability mm-hmm. yeah. in that scene yeah it didn't i want to talk all about that yeah, yeah it didn't, it. It did, even when i watch even if i watch it now because loving basketball is one of those movies where 
if it comes on, I'm just going to watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if I'm in a hotel, it's like, I don't know where I was going today, but I'm watching (laughs) Love and Basketball. Thanks, TNT or whoever. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Whoever plays it. But I, I just, I just feel like when I watch it, that is such a typical story. You have this best friend who's a boy, but he doesn't see you as like an attract. You you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. see you as like this possible love interest. Right. And then you like step out one day and he like sees you mm-hmm. and you've had this like love for him. I don't know. It just. It's a tale as old as time. Yeah. <laughs> so then when they did it, I was just like, yeah, y'all got to do I'm, I very rarely root for people to do it in movies, yeah. especially like young people. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah. And I was rooting. I was like, yeah, yeah let's get, come on. And let's, it's like one of those start things. this. Love of, let's, let's start this the love happily part. ever after already. Right? The, the love part of love and basketball. Yes. We need the love there. And I feel like watching it now, I'm like, oh, they're both visibly like 25. I don't feel yeah, that right. weird yeah. about it. Like, it's all right. If, if, if they actually looked 17 maybe i would feel weirder about it but i was like oh they're you know they're adults right they're supposed (laughs) to be teenagers but they're adults it's all good here uh should i get into the group the recap yeah so the structure we've got a uh rather than a three-act structure this time around it's a four-quarter structure because Because basketball is split up into four quarters because i guess the only sport that's really built for the three-act structure is hockey oh there are only three periods in a hockey game Yes. <gasps> well, where's the hockey movie that exactly follows the structure? <laughs> we don't need one. Okay. It's fine. Uh, okay, so the first quarter we open in 19, I think 81, with Monica as a kid. She has moved to a new She's neighborhood. Tired. Yes, and she wants to play basketball with some neighborhood boys, including Quincy. And they're like, "Um, you're a girl. Girls can't play basketball. Girls can't ball." And she's like, screw you. I'm going to be the first woman in the NBA. And then she plays two on two with them. And she's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then Quincy's ego is threatened by this. And he pushes her down and her face gets scuffed up. Um, Which I guess gives her a scar that she has for forever. her whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Um, but then the next day he's like, wait, you're cool. Would you be my girl? And she says, yes. And then they kiss and then he counts down. He's like, we need to kiss for five seconds. And he counts it on his fingers. It's really cute. But then <laughs> it's almost so Im- elementary. <laughs> it right. is. It is. But then almost immediately after that, um, they break up because Quincy is, again, his ego is hurt because she won't ride on the back of his bike. And then she's like, well, your dad plays for the worst team in the NBA because his dad is also a professional basketball player for the Clippers, I think. Right. And you get context for why... I mean, not that it excuses it, but you get context for like why Quincy treats women the way he does pretty quickly because then you just see his dad and then you're like, oh, got his, it. That's his, his, example. his dad yeah. hates yeah. women too. He's like, okay, my, my my role model loves basketball and is mean to ladies. Yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> so then we move on to the second quarter where Monica and Quincy are in high school. They both play basketball for their high school teams. Um, I do love that moment when like the movie jumps ahead in time and then you see the like the person you know is the main actor. I don't know. It's just an exciting. You're like, ooh, ooh. yeah, <laughs> there she is. Uh-huh. She's on the poster. <laughs> and Monica is hoping to get recruited to play basketball in college. 
Um, but she has a bit of a temper mm. and her coach often uh, benches her because of it. And she doesn't get to play as much as she would like. Um, she and Quincy are friends. They watch each other's basketball games, but they're not in love yet. Or maybe they are in love, but like they're not doing anything about it. They've been, se- they're secretly in love. Yeah. They argue a lot. There's a lot of tension. But they're Quincy, doing the teasing each other. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. Quincy's always like dating someone else and making out with a bunch of different girls. Yes. Um, because Quincy's girls think he's like hot a, shit. Sorry. Yeah. Quincy's like a star. And I feel like in the second quarter, first of all, let me just go back. The yeah. first quarter, just as much as they show Quincy's example mm-hmm. in his father, they show Monica's example in her mother. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's very important as to why her temper is how, she, how it is, mm-hmm. why she's so outspoken, why she is True. the fighter that she is, mm-hmm. right? But then when they go to the second quarter, I feel like they do a really good job of showing how little celebration women get for being as good yeah. at something. It's like Quincy is this star, right? And so he's going to get everything that you can think a star athlete male is going to get, mm-hmm. right? And then Monica is also this star, but she doesn't, she seems like she's having the hardest time. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that was a very accurate representation totally. of what sports are like, what life is like, just for men and women doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because it's like very clear that Monica's doing the exact same thing at the same like caliber. Level, yeah. But yeah, I mean, she's getting pushed back from her mom because she's not quote unquote feminine enough. Mm-hmm. She's getting pushed back from her sister. She's getting pushed back from Quincy, yeah. who is like, I mean, I feel like in, especially there's a lot of people in her life criticizing her for not being more interested in dating when it's like, She's got a full plate. Like yeah. her mm-hmm. anger doesn't see, like it's justified in the, all the forces that are right. around her. It, but then Monica like, yeah, so <laughs> by contrast, yeah. Like Quincy's getting like all the accolades and all the recruiters yeah. love him. And he's like getting all the women and yeah, like, yeah, even the girls that try and befriend her mm-hmm. are not befriending her because they think she's cool or talented. They're befriending her to simply try and get a date with Quincy. <laughs> right. 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 Which is like, yeah, of course she's fucking pissed off. Like it's yeah. That reminds me when I was in high school playing soccer, um, the women's soccer team scored more points throughout the like the fall season one year than the football team. Mm-hmm. And football, when you score a point, it's six or seven points. I don't really yeah. know how football works, but like mm-hmm. the members of the football team were still like hot shit that mm-hmm. everyone loved, and like and then everyone's like, girls soccer, who wants to watch that? And it's like we're doing better than the football team, right? Yeah. And one of their touchdowns is six. T- as many points as one of our goals but you know what you know the only people who can fix that Mm. are women everything that men ever do in life this is going to sound crazy (laughs) especially as young boys especially as like adolescents is that is to get women so the the way women support men's sports Mm. and ogle after men if we did that for women, it would only bring mm-hmm. it would it would bring everybody around because everybody wants to be where women are. Mm-hmm. It just it just especially in high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're the hot girls. We're going there. Oh, yeah, they're at the girls' soccer game. Then we got to be at the girls' soccer game. <laughs> and then they get there, they're like, oh wait, these girls are really fucking yeah. good at soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We have to travel in herds. We yeah. have to get mid. Yeah, damn. That's but true. we didn't have the cheerleaders cheering at our soccer right, yeah, games. They were at the football games. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know because we didn't have <laughs> cheerleaders at our games, but the boys had cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, at the basketball games? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's so frustrating. It's, yeah. we, did, we had them if our game was on a day where the boys weren't playing. But <laughs> if it was, if we ever played when they played, then they prioritized. It, it was priority. <gasps> yeah. That, I mean, that tracks. Bullshit. But then right. we won a city that, championship. So. Right. right, exactly. So, <laughs> 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 yep. Um, anyway, so... <sighs> So she and Quincy, they're friends. They argue a lot. And then it's the last game of the season. It's the, like the championship game for Monica, but her team loses by one point and she's devastated. Uh, then there's this spring dance where Monica's sister, Lena, played by Regina Hall, sets Monica up with this cute college boy who she knows. And then Quincy also goes to the dance with Shawnee, Gabrielle Union's character. Mm-hmm. And Quincy and Monica both act like they're not into each other but they very clearly are because they're staring at each other while they're dancing with other people yeah and there's an in sync song playing even though it's 1988 (laughs) but you know what is Um, there yeah just got paid friday nights i'm like i could pull up any song from bye 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 from memory i was like now are you sure the in sync didn't make the song over i'm pretty sure i actually i should check because i was like i but it sounded like it was justin timberlake's voice i can't tell right okay well i'll I'll triple check it okay because i was like wait a second (laughs) what what anyways let's let's table it okay Okay. i'll look it up (laughs) and then they both go home after the dance and they're still next door neighbors and they're like hey she opens a letter from usc saying that she's been recruited Mm -hmm. to play basketball for them and he's like i'm going there too and then they kiss and then uh, they go into her room and have sex. Then we cut to the third quarter. They are both freshmen at USC. Mm-hmm. They're in love. They are together. They're both playing basketball for the teams at USC. And Monica's coach and a few of her upperclassmen teammates uh, are giving her a hard time because she's like, you know, a rookie. But again, Quincy is having a very easy time and everyone loves him. And uh, the fans, the coaches, he's, he's having a very easy go of it. But then he finds out that his dad was having an affair or maybe is currently having an affair. And some of my favorite, anytime, we were talking about this yesterday, but anytime there's like, they're cheating, look, and then private detective photos come out and they're like the most incriminating thing humanly (laughs) possible and also impossibly close. I love movie private detective photos. I mean, there's no question about it. It's like high (laughs) resolution, (laughs) like, And and whenever you see like real PI photos, you're like, oh, I sort of see what's going on there. Right. But it's like high resolution, Mr. Allstate, <laughs> like <laughs> committing a deed. Yeah. Um, anyways. So what happens after that? He needs Monica to be there for him. But right. it's yes. important for her to make curfew. Mm-hmm. Right. She is having to balance both love and basketball Mm -hmm. and this one moment when he's kind of you know his family is being torn apart he's having a rough time she's like well I can't be there for you right now I have to make curfew or else I won't be able to start in the game and he gets really hurt and mad and he kind of teaches her a lesson by uh, taking another girl on a date like right in front of her yeah that's Um, oof oof and yeah then he breaks up with her he's like you're not here for me I'm gonna drop out of school anyway and go pro then well no he has a famous line he says why don't you go fuck Dick Vital yeah (laughs) that line only because that time Dick Vital was so like such a big sports name in sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a sports commentator. I don't yeah. know if he still is. I have no I'm idea. Like, I was like, him. I had to look up but, who he was. Oh, he was such a big deal. And like, he was just such a big deal. Like I believe in the nineties. Okay. 
in early 2000s. Okay. And so for him to call her out like that, <laughs> it was like, oh, she, I mean, that was pretty, ins- that's like, like if somebody was trying to be a singer and they were like, why don't you go fuck Ryan Seacrest? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's, it was something like that. Right, right, It was right. like the nerve of him. Uh, oh, yeah. And Dick Vitale was some old ass white man. Is but, he the person they play a clip of in the movie? There's like that weird cut to I like know. an ESPN yeah. thing. Is that and an old ass white man? So for him to say that, we but he was like, who that was. you know, Dick, Dick Vitale was such a huge sports commenter. Yeah, okay. okay. Common, Commenter, commentator. commentator? I don't know. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> he was huge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes because every time that part has since I've seen this movie for the first time, I was like, "Who the fuck is that? Why does he have so much screen time? Like, he must be famous. Otherwise, this part makes no sense." <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Okay. That, that breakup thing. scene is so. Oh, I just oh, like brutal. it so mad for Monica every single time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> she was one night. It was one night. Yeah. <laughs> she was there from most of the time. All the other nights. <laughs> Anywho. So, okay. Then we cut to the fourth quarter and it's a few years later. Monica is playing pro ball in Spain. Um, Quincy is playing for the Lakers, but he tears his ACL and he's in the hospital and Monica goes to visit him and then Tyra Banks comes in and <laughs> she's like, we're engaged. You, I always like, forget Tyra Banks is in this and then she suddenly is and you're mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah, I forget <laughs> like, all the time too. Yeah. But like when I, at the time when I, I was like, oh, that, that's so cool. Look, Tyra Banks. But now when I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, like even an injured ass athlete can get like a supermodel. Right. As much as she was only playing like a flight attendant or something, but yeah. it's like. Like, he ain't got shit going. He ain't got no college degree. And then there's, like, that scene where, like, uh, Alfred Woodard is, like, you know, he can do better. I'm, like, better than Tyra Tyra Banks. Banks? What are you talking about? I mean, I know she's talking about Monica. She's talking about Monica. Yeah, she is. (laughs) Like, the first time she says something nice to her daughter. I know. (laughs) Oh, that relationship is so, I mean, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, no, no. Um, so, you know, Monica's like, oh no, he's engaged. And then she decides that, um, basketball isn't really fun for her anymore. She decides to kind of give it up. She's like, something's missing from it. I think she ends up getting a job working at her dad's bank mm-hmm. for a little it while. It looks that way, yeah. And then Quincy's like, I don't get it. You love basketball. And then one night she wakes him up because they're both staying at their parents' houses, which are again, next door to each other. And she's like, what's missing from basketball is you, Quincy. I love you. I've loved you since I was 11. He's uh, like, I'm getting married to Tyra Banks. I love Tyra Banks. And, but then she wants to play him for his heart. And, yeah. She thinks that if he lets her win, that will be like the signal that he wants to be with her. But he doesn't let her win. He wins. And she's like, no. And she's walking away. And he's like, wait a minute. Oh, uh, let's I, I rematch see that, or something. I see that part a little bit different. Oh, really? Okay. I, I didn't see it as Monica thought that he would let her win. I thought that she truly thought that she had a chance at beating oh. him. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more empowering. That's why when she misses or whatever, it's like a final shot where she misses or he makes it and it's like devastating for her, but it's not Mm -hmm. devastated. Like womp womp, like how dare you make that? It's like, how did I let that, she beats herself up as if it's the championship game in high school. Right, right, right. So I don't think she was like, he'll let me win and that proves he loves me. Mm -hmm. Uh I think that it was a surprise after she loses and he's like, 
Got it. I totally see that. I, I was thinking like, because there's that scene earlier when they're in college and like, they're playing like strip basketball mm-hmm. and she says something like, or he's like, Oh, I let you win or something. Cause mm-hmm. like, so they could like strip and see each other naked. So I thought that was like a kind of a continuation of that. But also like, I think what you're saying makes more sense and it's probably the case. Yeah. yeah. Like I think it was, I think it was like, yeah, this is what we used to do. Mm-hmm. But I think she truly thought, like if somebody says you're the only thing missing from ba- like what's missing from basketball is you, mm-hmm. I think she really that was her last that was her last line of defense. It's mm-hmm. like I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try and beat you and you'll have to be with me. Yeah, and yeah. I think she really believed. I mean, he had a freaking knee brace on. Right. right? Yeah. If I can't beat you any other time as an adult, right. <laughs> right. I beat you after you just fucking tore your ACL. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Right. Uh, and I mean, e- either way, like it's you get that amazing moment of like him having to like he wins he has all of a sudden the power in this situation Mm -hmm. and then it almost like she inadvertently or depending on how you look at it maybe on purpose he has to like call his own bluff and be Mm -hmm. like i won but like let's rematch and then they kiss and then we're like poor tyra banks like (laughs) oh she's (laughs) fine i didn't give a shit about tyra banks i was so invested in monica and quincy it was torture to even say, I'm like, get, when are we going to get back on track with yeah, this love? <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, and it is like, it is so satisfying when they, oh, yeah. I get very emotional mm-hmm. about it. And, and then at oh, the end. Yeah. So we cut to what I think should have been called overtime because we've got the first four quarters oh. and then we've got another flash forward. Missed mm-hmm. opportunity. And I know, right? But we see Monica and Quincy, they are married they have a baby. He's sitting on the sidelines with the baby, and she's playing in the WNBA. Yay! With the LA Sparks. Yeah. Continue so their LA good. love story. Mm-hmm. It was like so right? many love stories. Right. I'm like, this. Oh, man. I, I guess Monica moves for a while, but for the most part, I'm like, Quincy never had to move his entire life. That's, yeah. that's great. Good for him. Um, so, yeah, that's the story. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come right back to discuss. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. 
like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Where should we start? Oh, Where to begin? I mean, there's, there's so there's a much lot to, to talk cover. About. Yeah. There's love, there's basketball, and, 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 that's, and that's it. just the beginning. <laughs> I guess there's two topics to discuss. Well, I mean, Zainab, as you already mentioned, like this is almost an entirely black cast. This mm-hmm. is every major role being played by a black actor. I think the only exception is Monica has a white coach in college. Oh, right. But, but I mean, she's kind of like, she's in like, three scenes scenes. there's like that that Mm one-on-one where it's whatever that like coach thing where they're like i'm hard on you because i care right like all right whatever bye and like yeah but yeah i I almost i forgot about her uh right right. but yeah i mean it's representation that we don't see very much in mainstream movies especially and the fact that it's i mean and we've already sort of started to touch on this but like uh women being athletes uh much less black women being athletes and like having it treated with the you know like importance that it deserves to be treated is is so cool we have a black female director who wrote and directed this movie mm-hmm. this is I, th- I think this was her first movie ever that she made and so yeah you have like a lot of this movie has right right from I was gonna say right from the jump corny okay wow. right from the beginning you, right this the movie jump shot. has so much going <laughs> for it that most I mean most movies period much less an athletic movie would have mm-hmm. um and i hope i'm saying her name correctly gina prince bythewood um was also like at least a high school basketball player mm-hmm. and so i was doing some research on the production of this movie and i guess she one of her frustrations was that she had seen women playing basketball in movies before but she thought it was never filmed well mm-hmm. and so that female basketball players and especially black female basketball players had been done a disservice where there never been a movie that was about it and even when there was scenes like she was like they were clearly not playing real basketball they didn't look like they had the athletic power mm-hmm. that female basketball players have to have and so she was kind of leading with like that being the goal and then built this story kind of around mm, it. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. I will say that, you know, who looked like they couldn't play a lick of basketball Quincy. <laughs> yes. He looked like, I was like, okay, we got to stop with him playing basketball. Any scenes where he has to look like he's playing basketball because it's pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Also, okay, not to body shame Omar Epps, but he somehow makes it to the NBA. He's like 5'10", or so. Like He he seems so short. And again, shout out to all our short kings out there. We love short kings. Not that 5'10 is even that short, but like... um, (laughs) Short kings are mean I'm like, how did you make it to pro basketball when you're pretty average height the same way tom cruise climbs a freaking building and jumps out of a plane and saves everybody and he's four two yeah (laughs) i think we thought that quincy was i think i assumed that quincy was taller than omar epps is in real life i have no idea what his height was but i mean that was tall he is yeah I mean, it's it doesn't help that like his father is 
really like I don't, he has like to be like six very inches tall. taller than him yeah, yeah much taller than him yeah I don't know I mean also I feel like you can kind of easily justify the height discrepancy by being like well he's also got like some pretty strong nepotism going for him mm-hmm. too also he played the correct position for his height like what we have okay. to remember cool. is some of our best basketball players some of our favorite basketball players around that time especially one of the biggest basketball players when when Love and Basketball came out was Allen Iverson who was a mm-hmm. point guard and he was a very small Mm. So point guards are normally shorter, or they don't have to be like no, super they tall. don't have to be seven foot tall. I mean, okay. it's great when they are. Sure, right. It's great <laughs> when if you're doing anything, if you're taller, that's going to give you more wingspan, more. But sure. the, a lot of them, and some of the really good ones, have been smaller. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. I, I don't smaller know enough about for an basketball. Athlete, not smaller for a regular right. man. I think what we have to also remember at that time is Omar Epps was like one of the it black guys. Yeah. yeah, you know, he had done so many movies that were like sort of coming of age black movies, mm-hmm. and so it, it just just for, forget like what's true to to a story. What also happens in Hollywood is like, who will people pay to see? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, let's get. I think Tupac was dead already. Okay, I'm going. I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. there's still that same thing where you wonder, like, why did they get this person to play this role? Oh, they were hot at. The, they were right. the hot thing oh at the time. And like Omar Epps had already played an athlete in like two other movies, so it's like he was. Def- and and it seems like um, for the director as well, he was. It's so weird how like the characters the way the characters are treated by the story also kind of mirrors how the, the director's relationship treated with them. them. Cause like Omar Epps was her first choice. There was never a question. Mm. He kind of sailed through it. And then in the, in the meantime, Sanaa had an incredibly difficult time throughout the entire thing. And just, there were more just kind of just like Monica by mistake. And yeah, I, I didn't realize, or maybe I'd forgotten that she and Omar Epps were dating for the whole time of this movie that yeah. I just love when people, um, have find just, love and basketball yes <laughs> i guess that's what i'm saying cool um just to continue the conversation about women in sports and the movies about them yes most sports movies are not about women believe it or not nope. um imagine that there are some though and we've covered a fair amount of them uh, on the podcast already between uh, a league of their own bend it like beckham bring it on center stage is either a recent episode or an upcoming episode depending on when this episode comes out <laughs> uh, and then also black swan is an upcoming episode and then we also covered i tanya on the matreon but um it's just worth noting that uh so few sports movies are focused on women but it's also comes at no surprise to us because uh women's sports are not valued by the general public yeah but it's always like when especially when uh movies about female athletes do well it always like raises the tide for like you were saying Zainab like seeing yourself on Mm -hmm. screen and like the impact of maybe like a young girl who wanted to play basketball but didn't like you know sometimes you're just like is that what I should be doing is this like what a girl like quote unquote can do and then you see a movie like this and you're like oh okay I could do that yeah great um, okay, so, well, we've covered some of the basketball part of Love and Basketball. Um, yes. Should we cover some of the love? <laughs> Let's part? cover the love. Because the love is where things get a little, um, the love's a little t- trickier. Yeah. 
so the relationship between Monica and Quincy is often a bit tumultuous. Mm-hmm. He is perhaps not a feminist icon in that he <laughs> does have a pretty fragile male ego throughout uh, most of the movies, starting from all of childhood. the quarters, all of the, all quarters, of the quarters. He lashes out with ego related uh, stuff, starting with, point. you know, at the very beginning when he's saying like girls can't play ball and, and then, then scars her for life, pushes her down because <laughs> she's about to beat him. And he's right. like, well, I can't have that. I can't have a, a girl beating me at basketball. So, and then, you know, she does, there's the, exchange where she says i'm going to be the first girl in the nba and he's like you're not going to be in the nba i'm going to be in the nba and you're going to be my cheerleader that doesn't set necessarily a good example for the rest of their relationship also like the whole like you have to sit on my bike and i'll drive you around she's like i want to ride my own bike then he pushes her down again but she fights back and you know insults his dad and Mm -hmm. the clippers and stuff uh then they're in high school this is before they get together he still isn't treating her very well he he negs her a lot well there's i mean there's that whole setup throughout their kind of relationship in high school and college where he seems to like kind of continuously flirt with other women to quote unquote teach her a lesson which ends up kind of being one of the reasons that they like break up and things kind of come to a head is like anytime she is whatever not doing what he wants her to do or not acting how she wants him to act um, or sorry, reverse that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he will initiate like kind of emotional warfare and be like, okay, well, if you're not going to do this, then I'm going to go talk to, you know, and just almost reminding her like, I have options. I don't need you. And just kind of using mm-hmm. that to put her down when she's already so kept down by so many things. It makes me mad right. for her sometimes. Then, right, I know. I feel so bad because I'm like, I have so much sympathy for Quincy. (laughs) Oh, really? I do. I know that that's like, as you're, as you were talking, I was thinking like, even when I, even when I was young and saw the movie, I don't know, I have a lot of siblings. And so when I see the behavior, like, obviously it's all, I I see it definitely as egotistical, but I I also, I see it more as immaturity. Mm -hmm. And I see Quincy was like an only child. Right. And he truly mirrored exactly what he saw. With his dad? Yeah. Yeah. With his dad and his mom. Uh Like, he truly mirrored exactly that. And then I think, like, when we first saw them, there's certain things that are like, true to a time right mm-hmm. right so like if i see a movie that's in like um during slavery or something right mm-hmm. and somebody wants somebody to be super like su- a superhero right mm-hmm. but they instead get whipped it's like yeah that was slavery that's, that's what, what happened happening. historically you know what i'm saying right. and so when i think about him doing what he did when him saying girls don't play basketball when i think about as much as i was not born in 1981 <laughs> if, I, I can't think of any images even in the 80s where i saw women playing basketball sure ever sure right i didn't know no friends who played basketball the first time that i played basketball which was in the late 90s nobody was like you should play basketball i saw no examples mm-hmm. yeah. it was just like i walked in the gym one day mm-hmm. And it was a basketball and some other girls were playing and I was tall enough and they (laughs) were like, you should probably do this too, Mm -hmm. you know? But so I feel like his statement, while it sounds so misogynistic, it's, it's actually just like a fact of that time. Right. And it's like reflecting what he knows. Right. That's like one thing that I think that this movie does really well is even when 
Quincy is saying stuff that like now and and in some instances for its time as well, like sound misogynist and, and cruel. And at times it genuinely is like sometimes the way he treats Monica, you're like, this is not yeah. OK. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I at least appreciate that the movie makes it clear to you that his behavior and her behavior don't exist in a vacuum and you get this equal focus on like you know he's very clearly pulling from the behavior of his father and and to watch him I wish it even like I I guess perfect world I wish that if things coming to a head with his father and him kind of losing faith and like you know that moment that I feel like happens for a lot of people where you're like oh my parent isn't perfect and Mm -hmm. like there goes my hero or whatever that's the name of a song right Uh, (laughs) but like you know when when that kind of all comes crashing down you almost like want it to impact his behavior even more yeah but like you do see where it comes from. I don't know. It, and and just like watching the way he and Monica deal with things differently where Quincy sees an example and he emulates it. You can't really fault him for that. That's what kids do. Right. But then you see Monica sees an example in her mother and she rejects it. And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't want to be that person. I see how my mom is treated like in that amazing scene mm-hmm. where she's like, I saw how, you know, dad treated you and I didn't want to be that person. So... Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough because like Quincy has a ton of toxic behavior, right? That I feel like Monica. I mean, I think okay, this is maybe getting a little <laughs> off track, but like the thing that bothered me. I mean, you could make the argument that he maybe should have demonstrated a little more improvement as a person <laughs> before Monica should have taken him back. But what frustrated me on like a doing a whatever a critical rewatch, which I've never done yeah. for this movie, was at the end he like owes her an apology for the way they broke up. Like that was very clearly on him. It was all riding on like, you couldn't be there for me when I needed you. It was one night. Like it's, I feel like with a few years of distance, you could be like, okay, I overreacted maybe. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't apologize to her. She apologizes to him yeah. for being like, I should have been there that night. And I was like, no, you shouldn't have. You won that game. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so that is my major Thing with their relationship is like I wish he had made more of a change in, in the way that he deals yeah. with his life before she took him right because you're right a lot of it is like him being immature and like modeling his behavior after the examples that are set for him by his parents and that's how parenting works and that's how children are raised so you like there's only, yeah we can't place too much blame on him as a younger person as but younger as he person. as he right. grows and you know sees the world around him and really starts to understand how the world works and that you can't, you know, be constantly disrespecting w- women and your girlfriend. Yeah. And, and also and your girlfriend see... might be better at basketball than right. you. And you it's have to time accept, to accept it. Also, he was like so codependent. Like as when we yeah. see Monica after him as an adult, we see her always on her own. We see her in this different country. I think it's yeah. like really like like everybody travels now right it, mm-hmm. at the very least for an Instagram post. But I feel <laughs> like as a single woman playing, but you know, in in the early Early 90s, 90s, for you to just be going around the world, especially when your example of what a woman should do is your mom who is dependent on your father. I just felt like that was so like vogue for her to do that was you know she just was clearly like the stronger person Mm -hmm. all of the time and he was codependent he was never alone and he never really had to like answer for that or I mean you you hope I like to think 
by the end end of the movie where she's in the WNBA and he's kind of like doing the stay at home dad thing or we don't know what he's doing mm -hmm. but he's he's there being the supportive force it's kind of the first time where we see him being the supportive force where she's supporting him the entire movie until they break up mm -hmm. and then it was nice at the end to see like okay he is going to be a supportive force for her finally like he owes her that and you you hope <laughs> that these discussions have been maybe had off screen, <laughs> you know, maybe while she's pregnant, maybe they're just figuring stuff out at the house. I don't know. Right. But yeah, yeah. Like she is such a strong, cool person. And sometimes I'm like, does Quincy fully understand how fucking great Monica is? I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Um, and, and another <laughs> thing, it's like the Monica defense force. <laughs> and then also, I mean, even though his, you know, behavior, like we said, is, is toxic in a lot of ways, especially when he's younger, she's always challenging it. She's always pushing back mm -hmm. against, against like several characters who are giving her a hard time. Her mom's always like, be more feminine, quit acting like a boy all the time. Her dad's like, you know, control your temper. Quincy says, control your temper. And she calls out this like sexist double standard at one point where she says, to Quincy they're in high school she says you know you jump in some guy's face you talk smack you get a pat on your ass basically saying like you get mm -hmm. congratulated for getting angry but because I'm a female I get told to calm down and act like a lady uh and that just I mean we had uh, a friend of the cast Soraya Shamali on the podcast yes. uh, her book Rage Becomes Her is all about how historically women's anger hasn't been allowed hasn't been socially acceptable women just aren't allowed to be angry or express anger and she's doing that and she she's like i should be allowed to be angry like i lost a game like let me emote about mm -hmm. that and people are right. just like Shh, no 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 well, to calm including down her mother too mm -hmm. when yeah. her mother is like calling her out if for some reason it plays on the dvd menu like that scene just plays on the dvd <laughs> menu it's such a weird choice but yeah her mom calls her out for displaying too much emotion about her performance in the game yeah, like she's like it's just a game yeah relax like you she says something like that attitude you get when you lose is mm -hmm. like not whatever not becoming mm -hmm. um she tells yeah. her to smile more at one point too and and yeah and monica never folds to that for sure yeah so yeah uh monica's always pushing back challenging mm -hmm. the status quo challenging uh anything like sexist that gets said to her and uh, which is so interesting too because it's also that conversation like nature versus nurture like mm -hmm. you know it's like Quince, it's like monica has no example of strength really yeah. but she's the strong per i don't want to say that because i feel like there's something strong in the choice that her mom made to i think feel like whatever okay mm -hmm. she's nothing nothing like her mom so that's, that's just nature yeah. right who how mm -hmm. she is and who she is is just nature mm -hmm. but then quincy is like all nurture like i'm this mm -hmm. is all like I'm a product of yeah yeah and I think that that was very I like I mean yeah because I feel like everyone's I don't know <laughs> there should be like some nature nurture spectrum of like some people fall a little more on the like yeah this is just how they are and then some people very much are like I'm following in so-and-so's footsteps mm -hmm. or like this is what I saw I don't know yeah Monica's so her own person I think like it was like a really interesting choice to also include her sister who is very much more on the nurture side of like she's going basically with her mother's example and mm -hmm. we see her later that you know she's she's a stay-at-home mom and she's had a kid and all this stuff and that she's kind of rewarded with the favorite title for taking her mom's cues versus pushing against them mm -hmm. um 
because it just stands to make Monica even more like unique in her own family of like, yeah, it's not like her sister wasn't like impervious to it. Right. And in most scenes with her sister, it's her sister like brushing and doing her hair. And it's like a very mm-hmm. like, you know, feminine kind of domestic type of thing. And and we're not saying that like that is lesser than, you know, Monica playing basketball and choosing no. like that's, you know, they're they're just different is all. And I don't think the movie is saying that either. I like, don't think I don't, so. The movie's not passing judgment on her sister for going a different way. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, I guess. Made or her clear. mom, really. I feel like no. she passes judgment on her own mom. But I don't think yeah. the movie is. is mm. Well, because well, you I would say. Hmm. Well, it's very disagree. Yeah. Me. I feel like because you get that scene with the two of them and and Monica is you know kind of like you know why she's doing it but you're like oh ease up a little bit where she's shitting on her mom because her mom ah it's so like it breaks your heart a little bit because her mom keeps bringing up when Monica like got dolled up for the prom and looked traditionally like feminine the way her mom wanted her to and her mom's always like that's my proudest memory of you like when I was making you do something you didn't want to (laughs) do and she brings that up again and Monica snaps at her and then we get to see how her mom what is that is it Camille yes as the name of the character and then Camille kind of gives her perspective of like I had dreams too there were I mean like you were saying Zainab like she's a product of her time in a lot of ways where like she got pregnant and felt like, well, this is the option and had to like kind of sideline her own ambitions. And also she thought that, she, I, I do think the movie was passing a little bit of judgment on the homemaker, but I think that they also were like, but here's why. Like, I feel like they tried to give both sides of like, here's the problem, but let's mm-hmm. just show what causes, let's just show why it's not really a problem, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. where her mom said, like, I feel like the mom felt like she was, a hero in or Shiro in some sense because <laughs> she was like, yeah, but I made sure that you guys always ate. Mm-hmm. I made like this is what I could do well, yeah, and I did it as best as I could mm-hmm. every single day. I showed up. I set aside sometimes what made me happy because this is what made your dad happy and that allowed your lives to be what they are. And I think a right. lot of mothers do. I have friends that are mothers Mm -hmm. like they're young mothers and they still are like my husband won't take the trash out and in my mind i'm like just don't take the fucking trash out yeah he'll have to eventually yeah Yeah, now we just all living in trash somebody gotta break first (laughs) right but they always take the trash out yeah Mm -hmm. do you get what i'm saying which just allows the behavior well that's i think that is actually what monica is passing judgment against her mom for which is not pushing pushing back back, never there's that scene in early on when um monica's dad is like which shirt should i wear and she's like this one he's like well just iron them both just in case and then she's like okay i guess i have to do all your ironing and like yeah she never challenged she never pushed back and like maybe why don't you learn how to iron yourself and iron your own shirt yeah but um and and that's what monica was like it's not that you're a homemaker it's not that i pass no judgment against that mom it's that you never challenged anything you never stood up for right. yourself yeah. um that yeah that, i mean that's just an interesting dynamic yeah and like that generation gap just kind of being because that's like kind of like the boomer gen x divide is like starting with gen x that was like a more like let me fucking do something i'm going to keep challenging it and that's why yeah. i think why you're saying like monica like allowed herself to be angry and like allowed herself to to have a temper and to have a quote attitude because she's like well if my mom's not going to do it like i, I don't want to 
I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. I don't mm. want to be that. And I'm going to, cause you could see moments where like her mom wanted to, she's like, really do I have to iron both? But she didn't, she didn't mm. say anything. Mm. And, um, she just chose to remain silent. And that's like what bothered Monica. Yeah. Also, I think it would have been very different. And this is just a small stipulation and a pet <laughs> peeve of mine. <laughs> yeah. If he would have said, Hey baby, I'm not sure which one I want to wear. Can you iron both? But to come in and say, what do you think? Oh, you think that? Why don't you just iron both? It's like, why yeah. did you even ask right. my opinion? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. then he's just saying like, well, fuck what you think. Yeah. I don't trust your opinion. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's and, and then there's a lot. I mean, you don't see her quite as much, but I, I thought that um, Quincy's mom is also an interesting character mm-hmm. where you get that scene where she is you know, miserable. She's found out that her husband's been cheating on her on top of, you know, we knew that their relationship was in trouble anyways, because we saw them fighting. We saw him also expecting her to do stuff that she was just like, give me this one thing. And he he wasn't Mm -hmm. doing it. And then there's that scene where Quincy, you know, you kind of see him fall apart in a way because his mom is devastated she's like your father's been cheating on me and he doesn't believe her at first he's like there's no way that could be true Mm -hmm. because if that's true then like his whole view of himself is going to have to change but it's like (laughs) oh my gosh the french people are mad (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but but it's like it's interesting that like yeah he like quincy is so caught up in this view of his father because of the way he's been brought up that you know it's like his mom needs to have these high-res PI photos <laughs> mm-hmm. for her son to be like, oh fuck, this is happening, you right? Know? Which was like, I I don't know, I thought that that was like a well written moment for Quincy because you're like, oh, he's like far down the rabbit hole of like my dad is perfect, mm-hmm. like his mother is in tears and drunk by the pool, and he's like, I don't know, seems like you might be overreacting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought I wish I w- almost wish that relationship was explored a little bit more, but it's like you only got so many minutes, right? And then uh, they apparently get divorced because we see Quincy's mom with a, a new with man, new hair, and a new man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like I like uh, that like weird movie like film language where Quincy's dad fat in in I think it's the third quarter he's a little down at his luck he's gone through a divorce and it's just communicated to you by him being at a bar by himself (laughs) and you're like oh he's not and he's like wearing beige and you're like he's not doing great he's not doing great (laughs) yeah we got to take another quick break so uh time out and then we'll be right back this is it your moment This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Um, can we talk about the subplot with Sidra? Yeah. Her teammate, her teammate in college. That I found to be interesting and like also kind of reflective of this, of the time where with women playing basketball in the late 80s, which is when she's in college, into the early 90s the trajectory for for women to continue being athletes and to be pro athletes they have to go overseas like there's no WNBA in the US yet um so i understand they're like this then creating this intense competition between women who are yeah. teammates but there's still you know there's still this sense of like well there's so few opportunities for us that we kind of have to compete against each other right like best case scenario they have to uproot their lives and move to spain right like. <laughs> Um, cause you see this moment early on when Sidra is like spotting her as she's, uh, bench pressing and she says something like, you know, just because we play the same position doesn't mean we need to compete with each other. Just kidding. You're a soft ass freshman. And then she like drops the, <laughs> the bench press bar thing yeah. on her. Um, so it's like, oh, that was uh, so close to being a nice moment. But then it's like, oh wait, well, like when you contextualize it's like, yes, like, and there are so many spaces where just not that many women are, are allowed still and we do feel like we have to compete against each other for yeah like for its time that dynamic like and i like how it develops over the course of the movie too mm -hmm. and you see they reach a truce and then they become friends and this whole thing but it's like it sucks because it is like it is like a movie trope of just like women being against each other irrationally just because like there's another woman in the room she's my competition for this guy yeah. but that's not their dynamic it's like they are in competition for the same very finite thing mm -hmm. and I don't know I feel like even like I've like felt that way before and it like makes me feel bad to think about now of like being in a space where you're like okay there's only so many spots that I <laughs> will be allowed to fill yeah and so like I'm not here to make friends and so her attitude makes it it sucks because it's like it's hard to watch and you're like mm -hmm. oh why can't we all just be on the same why can't team? we get along guys why can't we just <laughs> be friends but but I I think that yeah the the characters are, are written at first I mean she seems maybe a little mean at first glance when she drops the barbell yeah. on Monica that was maybe not very cool but you get you get the context for it I feel like I don't yeah know. I hate that narrative period that like women have to fight I really yeah. do yeah. um and I do recognize that in a lot of instances there is this finite space that we feel we need to compete for but I think that's also true to I think that a lot of what we see in the athletics of this mm -hmm. seems like oh why the girls got to be like that but it's just that's athletics yeah. it's just that we focus on Monica in this story because this story really isn't about Quincy this story is about Monica yeah mm -hmm. and so that's something that's going to happen 
also in a male locker room totally. between a freshman and the senior. I yeah. think that I think that they probably recruit a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's probably way more number one teams for men to go. Th- or there's way more prospering teams for a male athlete to go to than a female athlete. Mm-hmm. But I think you get that. I think you get that same thing. No, totally. no senior wants a freshman, regardless of their gender, to come in and take their spot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like there's I don't watch sports movies, so I, I can't name examples off the top of my head. But there's definitely examples of like male driven sports movies where you see kind of the same dynamic. Yeah. Of Rookie like, of the year. Probably. I've, I've, I've never seen it. No I don't know. <laughs> but but it is. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. What I liked about Sidra or like, you know, she she is like coming in hot. She's very clearly threatened by Monica's presence and but then when she loses her spot she I almost you're like oh the worst thing this movie could do right now is like have them get in a fight or like Mm -hmm. some one of those really tropey like over-the-top things but I really was like I I really like how that scene like the choice that that character yeah she takes she has like a ton of dignity about it and she's clearly pissed off because fucking of course she is Mm -hmm. but she just is like don't let this happen to you bye and Mm -hmm. and then they see each other in spain years later i was like oh that's like classy as hell like not a lot of people have that true and then she's like and then they get dinner together Mm -hmm. and there's like a little playful banter where she's like here's my championship trophy Mm -hmm. it's here on the table yeah um and then but like yeah sidra's like are you fucking spanish guys or what and she's like no I've only ever had sex with one person. Can we can we talk about that really quick? <laughs> yeah. That was one thing that I was like, oh, movie, why you got to do that? Where, okay, so, and, and I'm sure that there's a case against this, but I feel like, okay, this is this sort of lines up with prejudices of that time that sort of like still bleed into now. But like, I think the movie wants us to believe that Monica has only ever had sex with Quincy. That is sort of the implication we're getting at every moment. And I feel, you know, like we're raised from so young or I remember, I think probably a lot of why this romance appealed to me so much when I was little is like, oh, the first boy I kiss is going to be the one person that I'm ever with. And like, that is something that I think especially girls are raised with is like, you are supposed to be with one person where boys are often encouraged to, you know, like get around and be promiscuous and mm-hmm. like they're not which held i mean to just standard. in terms of math how is that possible like if every right. girl is only ever <laughs> with one person how are men with so many people like are we all just, just have to lie about camps it of women they were just like i never married my one person like, <laughs> like yeah it's like you can't god imagine having to marry your first kiss oh terrifying i would live terrifying. in uh, i would live in hartford i would be, <laughs> be i would be in trouble okay uh Anyways, this movie is challenging of so many things. And that was one thing that you're like, oh, that it didn't really push back on that kind of fantasy we're presented with as kids. as Because it's made clear, starting from when he was like 15, 16, Quincy is like not discouraged from being promiscuous. And like, we're not shaming him for that. But it's Although like, his that's, mom is like, whose earring is this? His mo- But it's only his mom. His dad's like yeah this rules his friends are like this rules every girl at school is throwing themselves at him uh gabrielle union is uh, sending her coochie through the mail which Mm -hmm. is my favorite line of the whole movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) gabrielle union is there uh and and like his like promiscuity is never called in the question which it shouldn't be but i feel like the movie just I thought it would have been cool if like Monica had had another yeah. boyfriend or just I thought it would have been cool too. Cuz mm-hmm. cuz and there's just I just always have it in my head of like sometimes it's like you need this is my opinion of 
the, I'm like, sometimes you need a second relationship just to know if the first relationship was like yeah. the right one. Cause mm -hmm. otherwise you have no, nothing to compare it to. Right. And then you're like, I could be having terrible sex forever. You'd never know. Right. So that was like one thing that I'm like, ah, I, I wish that Monica had been sort of allowed by the story to have more of a personal yeah, life give outside her a, of Quincy. Give her a Spaniard boyfriend. Yeah, why couldn't she have had sex with one of the Spanish guys? When she was like, no, these guys aren't my type. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought that it was doing two things. And oh, I'm really probably going to get torn apart for this. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought that they were trying to point out, like, yeah, Monica has only ever been with Quincy, which mm -hmm. is like... If that's true, if, you know, for women out there, if that's the case, that's fine as well. Absolutely. But also, like, yeah. it's totally fine to be fucking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. But I also thought that, and this may be because I was around a lot of female athletes, and I think that something that you fight against as a female athlete is being straight or, or gay. Mm. Oh, okay. And I felt like with Sidra's character specifically, they had her speak sort of very cavalier in that way about, her sex life in Spain mm. to sort of address like two two female athletes can be together and they don't they don't have to be gay women. Yeah, okay. I think that that's I I just thought mm. at that time like I don't think that that's something I don't think that that's the conversation if that if Love and Basketball was made in 2020 mm -hmm. that they would feel the need to touch on but I think Love and Basketball came out in 2000. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think there was nearly as much acceptance or mm. pride or you know what I'm saying like and I just think that it was still pretty taboo and sure. it and it being a period piece on top of that yeah. where you're like oh it's the late 80s there that's interesting i hadn't even thought about that and and monica kind of directly addresses in a you know not a 2020 elegant way right but addresses yeah that assumption that she would be queer or i mean she's she like yells at her mom like yeah oh you think i'm a lesbian because right, 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 right. i'm always focused on my game well that's not true so she's kind like in some ways she's addressing this stereotype yeah. and then she's also doing this no homo thing that is like 80s into mm -hmm. recently and right because yeah. it's the scene where her like mom's like why why can't you dress more like a girl and, and, and stuff like that and she's, she's like because so... i'm a lesbian and then her mom goes <gasps> and she's like no i'm not but like but yeah i mean yeah that that almost it's i don't think it's as bad as this example but like that reminded me of a scene in there's something about mary where uh cameron oh, diaz no. like <laughs> jokes about being bisexual as a way to be like <laughs> gotcha ben stiller so like any time when queerness is like lied about as either kind of a weapon or a mm. joke against someone else, like that's yeah. obviously not okay. Yeah, it was. But she is kind of addressing like that stereotype you were talking and, about. Yeah, and she's that. doing it to like challenge her mom because her mom, and that reminds me of uh, of a storyline in Bend It Like Beckham where the Kira Knightley character's mom is like, why can't you wear like lacy bras and dresses? And why do you always dress like a boy and act like a boy? Because like, Monica is pretty tomboyish yeah. and she yeah. embraces that oh. and she's fine with that. And, Love it. And tomboys uh, don't get enough screen time. I know. Yeah. I was a tomboy growing up and like Same. and yeah, like it's it's nice rep and there is that like kind of tropey scene in the very beginning where the person that you thought was a boy takes off their hat or takes off their helmet. The twist. And, they're a girl, She's a girl. <laughs> which does happen in this movie but the way it's handled in terms of like her being like yeah i'm a lesbian just kidding is not handled well but there is like th her again just constantly pushing back against like the status quo mm -hmm. yeah um, and like the stereotypes that are pushed yeah on her so 
Yeah. If that scene was written in 2020, it would sound different. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, yeah, it's it's kind of clear what she's saying, even though she's saying it in a very 1980-whatever right. way. I also wanted to talk about the sex scene a little bit more. Yes. Just in the sense that... <laughs> it's a great scene. Well, because it's, it's the love part of I, love and basketball. I think it's a pretty, like, and we've analyzed a lot of sex scenes in on this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was like, this is like one of the most realistic and like, kind of like responsibly done i guess like sex scenes you've ever i've i've seen in movies because he takes out a condom and you see him you put see it him, on you never see someone take out a condom especially like teenager like that's such an important know, thing for like, teenagers to see and like the fact that we see like a high school student and like, knowing take out quincy's a history you're like Monica. you should definitely wear protection right uh <laughs> but i like that scene because my it, it's it's from monica's perspective which i feel like you never really get a scene especially like a virginity scene told from the woman's perspective Mm -hmm. like it's very like it's a sexy scene but it's also focused on you can tell she's even though she, she's initiated it, but she's nervous. Oh, she's nervous. She's yeah. so nervous. And it's like, she's oh. covering up her boobs the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was something that I just did in like my research about the production um, was, and it's like, you're like, oh, 2000, Jesus Christ. That uh, the director was getting a lot of pushback against, and that was their argument for wanting it to be an R-rated movie. Because mm-hmm. I guess that scene was originally even a little bit longer and a little more focused on her like anxiety, but also her pleasure and like things we'd never get to see in mm-hmm. movies. And like she had to make an argument to still get the PG thirteen rating that this movie uh, needed. So, oh, so the MPAA was like, it's a rated R, and she's like, oh, right. And she was pretty, and she was able to effectively make the argument that it's like, I, she was like, I think you're just saying this because it's from a woman's perspective. And what she did was she took a sex scene from a movie I've never seen, but I've heard is very long, <laughs> called Meet Joe Black. Oh, Brad Pitt. It's a Brad Pitt movie. When did it come out? Nineteen ninety eight. Okay, uh-huh. so like while this movie was being probably evaluated by the MPAA. Um, There's a scene where I guess Brad Pitt's character loses his virginity. It's an even, like in terms of what they show, it's an even raunchier scene and it's told from his character's perspective. And so she played those scenes, but side by side. And she's like, why is this movie PG 13? And mine has to be rated R and they had to give it to her. Go Gina. That doesn't surprise me at all though. I know. Yeah. Uh, She does. Yeah. But she does initiate the, like the kissing. She does surprise kiss him, but he's receptive to it. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. um, But yeah, she's like, yeah, here's my naked body and put your dick in me. Is, it's a great sex scene yeah. every time i see it i'm like and they play like that cover of the kate bush song mm-hmm. and you're just like oh this scene is yeah. the best and then like there's jamie you mentioned this when we were watching it together but um just like kind of like speaking of sex and sexuality we see locker scenes of like female athletes in this movie mm-hmm. compare this movie to this locker scenes like the locker room scenes in carrie which <laughs> come from a male director a male cinematographer it's like yeah. lingering male gaze like completely objectifying women that's Whereas one of those this moments one... where you're like oh this movie is directed by a woman clearly yes. because <laughs> when you see it sometimes the way that like men will direct female locker room scenes it's just like women are wearing like victoria's secret yeah. bras they're like grabbing each other in this kind of soft porny kind of way <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's like no they really are just changing and having conversations <laughs> like, right that is 90 percent of it so yeah 
And I think that that was like all the big stuff that, yeah. that I had. I think the only other thing is just like a comment on, and this is like one of those like immaturity things mm-hmm. rather than, because we were all very problematic when we were teenagers. Okay. Um, <laughs> or at least you were when you grew up in the 90s. But Monica like slut shames a lot of like especially the girls that are going after Quincy and it's it's like okay she's doing that because she's probably jealous because she's secretly in love with Quincy right but there's but like the a lot of the cheerleaders are written to be very two type like this movie I mean this movie doesn't really have a vested interest in challenging cheerleader stereotypes that's what bring it on is for mm-hmm. but um <laughs> but the cheerleaders in this movie are written very like they're boy crazy mm-hmm. they're like blah 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 yeah yeah, I feel like it's very interesting. This movie only really had two types of women. You either had the really like um, independent woman character in Monica, but then mm-hmm. every other woman. I mean, we don't see really her team. We don't see right. the lives of her teammates, but every other woman that they focus on in the film is pretty much like for the service of a man. Yeah, yeah. Like, period. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it, that's like why it's even more like, oh, I wish Monica could have had sex with someone else just because it's like I feel like her character is almost because she's so independent and hardworking and like focused on her goals that she's her character is slightly desexualized a little bit mm-hmm. um in a way that it's I feel like and this movie isn't like a bad offender of it at all but it's just like something that I was picking up on of like the any time there's a career woman in a movie she's desexualized for being like you know, whereas you see fucking like Wolf of Wall Street where it's like, yeah, this is a very high powered, maybe not capable. That's a bad example. But like they can't stop fucking. Right. They're addicted to fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think she's entirely desexualized because we do see, I mean, we get to see a number. Of, yeah, we see her have sex. So, but like the fact that she isn't permitted to like explore outside of her sexual experience with Quincy. Right. Is worth noting for sure. Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts? Now, I could talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, even with the sort of problematic conversations, I think it's still a movie that I'll like continuously enjoy. And I think I, you know how like in the fight for change, sometimes you have to be extreme. And so it leaves out the reality that there are women who have only ever had eyes for one person. (laughs) Or like even when I think about my own sexual history, I'm very much not sexual if I'm not in love with a a guy, you know? And, but I also understand like, even in Love and Basketball, I feel like anything that anybody picks out about it, it's all true and valid. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, the other side is all true and valid too, so. Yeah. To me, I think this is a movie that like holds up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. That it, you know, it's 20 years old, but it's exploring a lot of things that are, I think are ahead of its time. Yeah. In an ideal world, I would have liked to see maybe Quincy not, if he was going to be so toxic at the beginning, I think we need to see a more significant character arc for him where he's more respectful and treats her better by the end. Or just him being more respectful from the start, but also, you know, taking into account the context of the time period and, and yeah. that's that whole like nature versus nurtured conversation again. But um, yeah, if, if there's going to be, because I'm not necessarily drawn to like romance stories that much. Mm-hmm. So if there is going to be a romantic storyline in a movie, I have 
very specific guidelines that I want it to like fall within and I just want it to be if it is a hetero relationship I want the man to be really really nice and respectful (laughs) and we're not really getting that as much as I would like in this movie um but at the same time I think it's ahead of its time in in many ways and the fact that you do have this very strong outspoken woman who allows herself to be angry who challenges the status quo Mm -hmm. um who is never like when she's told girls don't play basketball you can't be in the NBA she never listens she's Mm -hmm. just like fuck it I have a trajectory and I'm going to go on it and yeah she just like I mean, she, uh, yeah, Monica pushes yeah. back again so much that it's like, these are small gripes. And it's like also, un- I mean, not every strong woman you meet, it's just, I mean, not everyone's pushing against every single thing that's like, there's only so much energy. <laughs> and, and it's also, I mean, it's kind of consistently communicated that she has to work so much harder to have the same thing that Quincy has mm-hmm. that like it makes sense that she has less time to date. I just, yeah, I just sort of wish that that had gone a little more acknowledged and it felt just like a little taken for granted. That was just, but that was just like my read of it. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy though with her happily ever after, which for Mm -hmm. me felt like the WNBA game. Like I know the happily ever after is supposed to be her with Quincy, Mm -hmm. but I just, I'm just so happy that that final clip is her starting Playing the game, yeah, and then her husband sidelined, yeah, on the just sidelines with the. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is how it is. She yeah. deserves it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's just nice to see her finally get like what she has deserved the whole movie. Yeah, I do. I do find it a little annoying that she's like, well, I don't like playing basketball anymore because Quincy, you're not a part of my life. And it's right, because like, he clearly he didn't feel that way. Right. Uh, He's like, I'm. I have Tyra Banks. I'm good. Um, yeah, but if she hadn't showed up, he would have just gotten married. But he would have been unhappy. He would yeah. have been unhappy. He yes. would have been. He's not saying it because men are freaking stupid. <laughs> but he is sitting there tortured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that would have been his punishment: is that he would have had to have a loveless marriage with Tyra Banks, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I think the main thing for me is that I wish the romantic storyline would have gone. The love part of love and basketball would have gone a little differently. But everything else about the movie for the most part is pretty top-notch yeah and we're sitting over here in 2020 like yeah <laughs> you know it was 2000 yes we get it it was 2000 it was also 1980 whatever right yeah but he could have apologized he, he should have apologized she, every time there ugh, every time there's a scene where you know the man should be apologizing and then the woman apologizes and then they kiss you're just like damn it like uh, he barely apologizes so for giving her permanent scar on her face. He like writes this little card that says, I'm sorry. But it's like, no, let's hear you say the words. I'm sorry. Don't get your mom to bake a cake for her. Like, say yeah, you're I sorry. Like, if I was like, I mean, it's like Monica's parents must secretly hate Quincy's parents for just being like, write a sorry note. I'm like, <laughs> you You guys have so much money. Like, I wonder if I wonder what came first, like that in the script or Sinai being cast because you know Sinai's scar is actually it's real yeah yeah it's, oh, her, it's, her, it's her real scar oh I didn't know that yeah so I wonder if that was sort I bet of they like wrote that using, in yeah just like how they write in uh Harrison Ford's scar the origin stories of it in the third Indiana Jones movie anyway oh, didn't. sorry to bring it up <laughs> uh, just struggle to care about Harrison Ford um does this movie pass the actual test yes yes yeah I think it does there's a lot yeah. of dialogue Mm-hmm. Which yeah. this two sentences, at least two sentences, that's For not sure. about 
a yeah, guy. Yeah, with like Monica and her teammates, uh, it passes a few her different coach. times. Her coach, uh, her, Monica, mom, her mom, her mom, her sister. sister. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it, it is Monica's story. Like, and mm-hmm. you get to see, yeah, so. And she interacts with a lot of women. She interacts with a lot of women. Yay. Yay. Uh, as far as nipple scale. Okay, so our our, our nipple scale, zero to five nipples, mm-hmm. uh, based on its representation of women. I would give this, I want to say like a 3.75, I think. Again, I, I still take issue with some of the aspects of the romance part of the story. And then like, yeah, the, the thing where it's like, she says she's a lesbian as a joke to like, sh- as a shock kind of thing for her mom, different little things like that. But overall, like I said, I think it's ahead of its time. Yeah. I think the fact that it's an almost entirely black cast is uh, something we hardly ever get to see. And I think it handles a lot of things really well and yeah. in like a really nuanced way where even though like some characters are toxic and, and some characters have some like problematic points of view, there's, you know, it's contextualized and it's because that's how people are. Like we're not, yeah. no one's perfect. We're all, sometimes we say stupid shit and sometimes we do stupid shit. Fucking up constantly. <laughs> we're we're total fuck ups. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just like a very nuanced, realistic uh, examination of life and love and basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll go three point seven five two. I just, I mean, I agree with everything you said. There's like a little bit about the romance that you're like, oh, there's a little more to explore there. I am left a little bit like on the rewatch, underwhelmed that they end up together at the end because, yeah. like we've sort of been talking about, uh, Quincy never really had to do the work to earn her forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, the story kind of makes it seem like he can do basketball without her, but she somehow is completely empty without him. Yeah. And just the precedent it sets is like, you know, sure, end up together, but demonstrate some improvement. You know, uh-huh. it's like the fact that it was like, she was going to give up her career on top of, she forget she like apologizes to him for something she doesn't owe him an apology for on top of, we don't see him do any of the work before they end up together. It's just like, it's just like a few things too many. Right. Especially me. because he spends so much time not treating her very well and right. Just like <sighs> negging her and just like not. And, and then like the whole thing where he, you know, tries to teach her a lesson by basically cheating on her because she wasn't there for him one time. And, and it, we know that that's not good, but we just don't see that he's grown. We don't see that he's grown past that behavior. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I'm like, I'm willing to cut this movie slack in some places for the many, many things it does, right? But the relationship just like rings a little hollow to me on the rewatch. It feels, it's just, for me, it's too toxic of a romantic relationship for me to want to root for, ultimately. But another huge thing about this movie is there's a lot of representation behind the camera too, which Mm -hmm. you never, ever, ever see, even now. Like if you have a predominantly black cast, oftentimes a lot of people behind the... uh, It's still a straight white man. Is still just (laughs) a list of white guys yeah and maybe a white lady if you're lucky like it's (laughs) it's very rare and and just after doing a little research about gina prince uh bythewood she's been like this incredible advocate for having uh women behind the scenes for having people of color behind the scenes and she's just been like a real force for getting people work who should be working and having influence in the industry this movie was also edited by a woman which you very rarely see um so just on top of the fact that it is 
written and directed by a black woman. It's a black woman's story. It's also, there was some bullshit that went the year this came out where there was another movie called Girl Fight, which was Karen Kusama's first movie. Mm -hmm. And this movie, like just because it was about women of color who were athletes, everyone was like, they're the same movie which is like okay 2000 right um girlfriend is really good though we should cover it sometime because it's i actually really, haven't seen it it's interesting i love karen kusama yeah. um in, in any case yeah there's like there's a lot going on that's great in front of the camera and behind it so 3.75 from me yeah um i would say i'd say i would give it maybe four nipples mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like they did i mean there are some things that are problematic just like you know i mean even when we talk about gabrielle union yes character Mm -hmm. it's like she was kind of a go-getter too do we like what she was going to get (laughs) maybe not but but she she was was motivated she was motivated (laughs) you know and i feel like i feel like sometimes women when we tell stories about other women sometimes we pass a judgment Mm -hmm. on quote-unquote promiscuity or sexual liberation uh, you know that right. like Gabrielle Union's character is just the opposite version of Monica, really. Right, but she doesn't mm-hmm. want she wants love more than basketball. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah. and that's the thing, like the, that character gets slut shamed a lot. But exactly. it's like no, she's just trying to get dick. Yeah, and she and, doesn't like get the. Well, this is like she doesn't really get the opportunity to like make a case for herself or just be like or push back or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, like we don't even we don't get the full person. We don't know who she is outside of this sexual experience that she's trying to have with Quincy. Right. Which Which is is like a little bit unfair. But there's also not enough time in the movie for it. Where's the sequel? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see that. Um, (laughs) uh, So I'll give it I'll give it four nipples. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that I watch and listen to now that I saw years ago and I'm like, how in the hell? (laughs) The story of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And loving basketball. I still enjoy it, appreciate it, Mm -hmm. um, really appreciate certain aspects like the sex scenes. You Mm -hmm. know, I felt like they were tasteful. I felt like they were from her perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'd give it four. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel there's a part of me that, doesn't excuse Quincy, but I do feel some sort of sympathy sure. for him. And I feel like his life would have been miserable without Monica. Yeah. She makes everything better. And it's like, I just like hold on to that last scene. I'm like, he's doing some work on the back end yeah. to make up for right. all yeah. those times. Cause it's like, and like yeah. him being with Monica. Now he doesn't mess up two women's lives. Cause he would have messed right. up Tyra <laughs> Banks's life. Really? That is, yeah. That basketball game at the end with, uh, when she plays for his heart is the best thing that ever happened to Tyra Banks. Right. Yeah. She doesn't even know it yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Zainab, oh. thank you so much for yeah, being thanks here. Thanks for having here. me. This was so much fun. Where can people follow you online, check out your stuff? Um, on social media, um, every single platform is Zainab Johnson, Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. My website is Zainab Johnson. You guys can go to social media or my website and see where I'm performing or just be my friend, um, <laughs> my online friend. I'm not one of those people that thinks social media is my real friend. <laughs> um, I also, oh, I have a podcast. It's yeah. called Honest Tea with Z. Honest Tea is spelled H-O-N-E-S-T-E-A mm-hmm. um, with Z. And it's you can find it anywhere you get podcasts. 
Hell cool. yeah. Yeah. Thanks Very for having nice. me, ladies. Thank you for Thanks being again. here. You can follow us uh, all the normal places, yeah. uh, mostly Twitter, Instagram. Don't send us a message on Facebook. We, we never won't check it. see it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you can sign up for the Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. Uh, $5 a month will get you two extra episodes. Mm-hmm. We've got and merch on uh, tpublic.com slash the Bechtelcast. And, and uh, you know, this, uh, this basketball season... Have, find, have some love too <laughs> if you want love love and basketball there's room for both i can't top that thank you bye, yeah, bye. <laughs> Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.